is this CP3's last shot at an NBA title? Which players have the most pressure on him in these upcoming playoffs? And America's favorite segment, fuck with it or fuck out of here. All that and more on the Opinionated Ones. Let's get to it. What's really good and welcome back to another episode of The Sanchez Show. I am your host, Eric Sanchez. Now, like we always do every two weeks, Will Gordon joins the show for The Opinionated Ones. Will, how you doing today, bro? What's good with you, man? Good to be back on as usual. Absolutely. We love having you and the numbers look great, man. So we're going to keep inviting you back, man. And now yeah. I see you already in celebration mode. I see the hat that you have on. The Wiz yes, won tonight to, to officially get their place in the playing game. But before we get into that, first and foremost, we want to honor the inductees that are going into the National Basketball Hall of Fame this year. Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, and obviously Kobe Bryant. Um, one of the greatest classes ever, I think, in terms of inductees. Well, I wanted to get your thoughts on the, on the three main players that are going in this year. Man, like you said, it is one of the best classes I can remember when you talk about uh, KG and uh, Tim Duncan, two of the best forwards to ever play the game. Uh, KG, I mean, uh, Tim Duncan, arguably the best. Actually, both of them, um, their names are in the conversation for the best power forward of all time, and a lot of people will tell you it's Timmy. And then, of course, uh, the late, great Kobe Bryant uh, being enshrined this weekend as well. Um, and and uh, being his speech being done by uh, the great Michael Jordan just adds a little bit more flavor to the weekend. Oh, absolutely, man. I think Mike, um, I mean, Mike pulled on all our heartstrings when he spoke at the memorial for Kobe and Mike's Hall of Fame speech for himself was was legendary. So I'm looking forward to see what he has to say on behalf of Kobe. But as you mentioned, three of the greatest players of all time. I mean, three of the top 25 guys of all time. I can't think of another class that had this much star power. And between them, we're talking about 11 championships in 15 appearances, if my math is correct. Uh, let's see. You got well, probably more than 11 championships. Because Kobe got five. Kobe got five. Tim, Tim got five. And KG got one. Oh, okay. Yeah, he only got one. You're right. right. But but the so that's the eleven. But appearances. Kobe went to what seven finals? Uh, yep. Tim went to six. Yep. And KG went to two. So yeah, eleven out of fifteen. Yeah, that's some greatness. I mean, when you think about how they all had each had a special impact on the game. Um, when you're talking about on the court and off the court. Um, this is easily one of the best classes to go in, to my memory. Yeah, absolutely. It's up there with any other class. And they should have gone in last year, obviously, with COVID. It got postponed to this season. Um, also, shout out to the NBA and the Naismith Hall of Fame. Uh, they actually created a special section for Kobe Bryant. They collaborated with his wife to not only honor his playing career, but everything he had going on after his playing career was over. So I, I know myself personally, I'm going to try to make a trip out there within the next year or two to see what that um, what that memorial looks like over there. But let's get into some basketball talk. We're, we're at the point, Will, last two days of the regular season, playing tournament officially starts Monday. The Wiz with their win tonight, bouncing back after some tough losses to the Hawks. No Bradley yeah. Bill. They show up tonight, they win. They officially got their place in the playing tournament. Now you guys can move up a little bit too. Your work isn't done because you might be able to get up to eighth and 
make your path into the playoffs a little smoother if you can. I mean, uh, yeah, if you can get up to eighth and then only have to play one game. But I want to get your immediate thoughts right now. I know you've already said if the Wiz get in, you guys are ramshacking the house. The wife's going to be coming to the door with a robe partially <laughs> open. You're making Kool-Aid yes. and eggs. But realistically, how are you feeling right now knowing that if you if you're able to survive the playing tournament, you're going to have to go up against either Philly or Brooklyn right now. That's what it's looking like. Well, I was just looking at that. I got the little chart behind me. I don't know if I want to move up to eight right now. Because if we move to eight, then that looks like the way they got this chart broken down, somehow we be playing. Oh, no. Okay. We be going to Philly. Okay. Yeah. Bottom line, I don't want to go to Brooklyn. I'm not just trying to. Anywhere but Brooklyn? Yeah, anywhere but Brooklyn. I'm trying, Philly will be tough. I mean, they no slouch at all. Of course, they're the number one seed right now. And uh, Embiid is having a hell of a year, MVP candidate. Uh, you got Doc Rivers, one of the best coaches in the league. Um, plenty of playoff experience. But I'd rather play them than Brooklyn. Brooklyn, I, I got Brooklyn uh, winning it all. So we just be a little speed bump on the road to their championship, in my opinion. But I, okay. so I want to, I want to have a little bit of a sweat in the playoffs with Philly. I feel like we match up way better with them. Um, the addition of Daniel Gafford off of that trade, the most slept-on trade in the NBA this year, um, gives us a, a nice athletic uh, body to throw at MB, even though he's a seems like to me be an unstoppable force. We do have three capable bigs that um, can give you 18 fouls, you know, with Gafford, uh, Lopez, and, uh, you know, Lynn. So none of them really are on par with him as basketball players, but they're big boys that can, you know, uh, can give them some, give them, make them feel their presence down low and uh, hopefully neutralize a little bit of what he could do. But if we play Brooklyn, man, whew, that'd just be a wrap. But we do have to, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself because we, we got to do what's, what's right in front of us with uh, either facing Indiana or uh, Boston or whoever, Boston, Charlotte, whoever you want to have to face when everything shakes out. Big game for us Sunday uh, playing Charlotte. That's going to that's gonna have a lot to do with uh, who plays who. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously you want to get up to eighth now because then it makes your path into the playoffs easier. If you're at seventh or eighth, all it needs, all you need is one playoff win or one play-in win, and you're in the playoffs. Whereas if you stay at ninth or tenth, you've got to win two games. Again, makes your path a little harder and then puts a little extra mileage on Bradley Beal, um, who's missed the last three games with a hamstring injury. I look at it the opposite way, though. Um, I honestly, if, if I'm the Wiz, I would want to play Brooklyn. And here's why. I don't think they have any team chemistry yet. They've only played seven games with their big three on the floor. They're one of the worst defensive teams in the league. And I think you could catch them at a moment where they're a little bit vulnerable because, again, they're still trying to figure out their lineups. You know who you are already. Now, it's going to have to be a shootout. Don't get me wrong. You you need Bradley Bill at 100%. You need Russ to be the triple-double machine that he's been all year. And shout-out to him now that he's the official record holder of the triple doubles in NBA history. But to me, Philly, 
seems to be a little more comfortable in who they are. And like you said, MB presents issues that I don't think you guys have an answer to. Not to say you have an answer for KD, but you know those are going to be shootouts anyway because they can't stop anybody. They can't stop a nosebleed. So I think those are games that you want to be in and you say, look, if we just keep it manageable and we're close enough, maybe Bradley Bill can carry us home in the last five minutes of this game. See, I don't really... What, against, like, Brooklyn? Against Brooklyn. Mm, I just think they got too much for us. Like, team chemistry, I think that's a little overstated for Because, I mean, they've been hooping together. You know, not not on, not on maybe not under a whistle, but they, they've they been hooping together. James, James and KD know each other. Um, Kyrie, he's the type of dude, you put him on any... Any any five on any team on the planet, he's gonna get his anyway. I just think we match up better. Even 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 with Embiid, we match up better with Philly than we do with uh, Brooklyn because we guard nobody. I don't know if you noticed that. Uh, they and don't either though. The scores, That's the thing. <laughs> but I'll take their scores over mine. Especially with with Brad having a banged up hammy, we don't even know if he's going to be available. Um, I really, if he, and let's just get that out of the way. If he's not available, we have no shot against whoever whoever we face. Very true. Brad but, Brad has to be one hundred percent going into the playoffs. Yeah, or close enough to one hundred percent. Yeah, or, or close enough. Like he looked in good spirits like tonight and uh, last game. So we'll. I don't even know if I want to play him Sunday. If it's if it's something you know if it's that touchy, since we already in there, I'd rather rest it up one more game, and then uh, be full go for the for the plan. Yeah, fair enough. At this point, I mean, we're recording this on Friday night. This is May fourteenth. There's two more days of the regular season. You guys are in the playing tournament, which officially kicks off on Monday. So if you could rest them up for the next two days, I mean, like you said, either way, you need them healthy. So you rather go into it with him healthy as opposed to him possibly tweaking a hamstring again and then missing out the playing game. I, I completely understand that. Listen, like I said, my, my thing on it is I think team chemistry is a real thing because sometimes when we see some of these super teams, we see them struggle in moments that get a little too big for them because they haven't played together. And so even though Harden and KD have a chemistry from their OKC days, I mean, even Kyrie and KD haven't played much together. And then when you throw the other players in the pot, Blake Griffin hasn't been on the court with all three of those guys. You know, uh, same thing with, with Jeff Green, same thing with Joe Harris. This is all new to them as well. So if you create just a little bit of hesitation in their mind, that's your opportunity to take advantage. And like I said, personally, I, if I was betting money, I, I would pick Brooklyn. I agree with you, Brooklyn, to come out of the East. But I don't think they're flawless from the standpoint of nobody could beat them. I think if you challenge them enough, there are some holes there where you could beat them because this is the first time that team has played together and they play absolutely no defense. Uh, another team I want to get into in the play in, in, in terms of the playing tournament, the Lakers. You and I have had several conversations about the Lakers. Right now, they sit seventh. They would be in the playing game. Do you think they should go all in to try to get to six and possibly play the Clippers? Or would they be better suited to stay at seven and win their playing game and then end up playing Phoenix, who they dominated the other night? with only Anthony Davis playing? You got to go with the latter because the Clippers, especially early, with them not being 100%, 
They don't want any. They don't want any part of Clippers. That that'll be a short one, in my opinion. Now, if you go ahead and play in the plan, get out of the plan, and then face Phoenix, like you said, they they've been killing them. And I'll take I'll take LeBron and AD against uh, Chris Paul and uh, Booker eight days a week. So, but they got to get out that plan first. You know what I mean? Like, how are they health wise? Who are they going to face? Because that's that's got to be determined, right? That's not finalized. Who they will be playing? Is it? As of, as of right now, they would be playing Golden State. However, Golden State is playing right now as well. Um, Memphis and Golden State are tied record wise. Golden State has the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. In a one game scenario, I think though whether Lakers are playing Golden State or Memphis, I think we would both expect the Lakers to win that because LeBron yes. should be playing by then. LeBron should have been playing earlier this week, but for whatever reason, they keep pushing him back. They don't want to see. They want to avoid uh, the Warriors. If, if I'm if I'm if I'm the Lakers, I'm I want to avoid them because any given any given night, Steph can have one of those special nights. And he's enough. He's enough to to put a team over the top, especially against a banged up Lakers team. So you want to you want to avoid them. I don't see them fall into uh, Memphis at all or uh, the Spurs. But the Warriors and with the chef out there, uh, you don't want to play around with that. I agree. I don't. I don't think anybody wants to see him in a one game scenario. Seven game different, but in a one game, you don't want Steph going off and altering the trajectory of your playoff chances. So you don't want that. Let's transition a little bit, but we're going to keep it on the NBA. Wanted to ask you, going into these playoffs, who do you feel, whether it's a player or a coach or multiple guys, who do you think has the most pressure on them to succeed in these playoffs? Um, I'm going to stay with the Lakers and LeBron and Davis. You can say you can say they're coming off a championship, but I I got an asterisk next to that bubble championship. That wasn't that wasn't you didn't go through the rigors of a real a real play. You didn't travel. You well, didn't have well, to go here know, and there. You, you know you're gonna road. hurt some people's feelings, Will. Well, I'm you sorry, but that. you can't say that about the man. king, Will. You you wanna you wanna you wanna thanks it was like a a rec league Thanksgiving tournament. So hold you on, hold on. LeBron said that's the that's one of the toughest championships in NBA history. You don't agree with that? Yeah, I think, man, that's one of he says stuff like that to to pump himself up all the time. Like he said when he won a championship in Cleveland, he felt like he was the best of all time. You know, you know, he he says things to push his narrative, and I could care, I couldn't care less about any. He, that championship has an asterisk next to it. You didn't travel. You didn't, all you did was you played, all you did was hoop. You got up and hoop. You didn't have to deal with the role. You didn't have to deal with any fans at all. And you didn't even have to deal with really a full, you didn't have to deal with a full NBA schedule. You didn't have to deal with a full uh, myriad of teams being invited to the bubble. It was just, it was there because we needed sports and everything else and blah, blah, blah. But, that wasn't a real championship to me. So now, this year, where you got a basically a full season with 72 games, you got the rigors of the road, a lot of back-to-backs, and here they are falling all the way down to the seventh seed. So if you really that team that you're supposed to be, then let me see you win, let me see you 
uh, win a championship under the ordinary circumstances instead of the uh, extraordinary, uh, extremely easy circumstances that you faced last year. So I will say uh, I was critical of LeBron a few weeks ago because he contradicted himself because, as you mentioned, he, he claims last year was one of the tougher NBA championships to win. But then this season, he's highly critical of the playing game and said whoever created the idea should be fired. Well, guess what, Braun? You benefited from it last year because you beat a Portland team that had to play in a playing game, right? So to your point, Will, you can't say it's the toughest championship in NBA history, but then in the same regard, say the playing game is is ridiculous and a person should be fired and it has no place in the sport. Um, With that being said, I think he, and, and to your other point, he strategically made comments that braced everybody for the fact that they're not going to win a championship this year. When he came out and openly said, I'll never be 100% again, he basically was softening a blow of, if we don't win a chip, this is why. I'm not 100%. You know, the rigors of this season, it was a condensed season, 72-game schedule. Unfortunately, we had to do it the way the older players used to do it, where we had to play back-to-backs and three games and four nights. And so our bodies broke down. That that's be, that has become his crutch if this thing doesn't work out this season, right? To me, and he's the king of the built-in excuse. He's the king of it. Well, LeBron LeBron is very strategic in everything he says. So for him to say that openly, there was purpose behind it. Because at the end of the day, no player by the time the playoffs start is one hundred percent. Every player is a little banged right. up, right? This this isn't this yep. isn't November. This is. Now we're into May. We're playoff basketball. Everybody's a little banged up. Everybody got some bumps and bruises on him. So he knows what he was doing by saying that. Um, I want to flip it, though. I don't think the pressure's on the Lakers because, again, he has created that built-in narrative and that built-in excuse. And then, obviously, him and AD both being out for an extended period of time. Dennis Schroeder now has been out two weeks because of COVID protocol. So they have all these excuses built in. I got a couple... Yeah, I got I got a couple I got a couple players and and one coach specifically I think that a lot of pressure's on. Okay, Folks to me is Giannis. Mm, Giannis, okay, that's a good one. As a two-time MVP, at some point you got to start showing us that you can get to at least a finals. And the Bucks have yeah. done everything in their power to give you the supporting cast. Giannis still ain't ready for, to me, in my opinion. I I still like with the way he's. The way I've watched his game develop from year to year, I still feel like he's a good year and a half, two years from the from where he should be. I mean, he should already be there in my opinion, but but the trajectory of his the growth of his game looks like he's about a year and a half, two years from really being a dominant force that can that can um, carry a team to a championship. I still feel like his. I mean, even though his jumper has improved immensely. But that is still a set shot. He's still a his his uh when his jumper does fall, it's a kick out set shot. He still can't pull up. Um he still has his move is still uh three steps from the from the three-point line, and then maybe that spin move when he gets to the cup. That's a it. He's still easy to stop, and he hasn't shown me anything. Like if you look at the playoffs the last two years. Um, that's been quite evident that he did. He's, he doesn't have go-to moves. He's not a guy you want to have the ball in late-game situations. 
So what has he done to improve any of that besides work on his uh, catch and shoot three, which you can't do in the playoffs really because the defense is going to be focused on you and it's, you're going to be playing out of half court sets most of the time. So what what have you really done to show me that you're going to be able to take a team any further than you have in the past? Nothing, in my opinion. I 1000% agree with you, but that's also why the pressure's on him because when you're a two-time league MVP and your organization continues to give you more pieces, at some point, either you have to prove that you are the franchise pay- player that they're paying you to be, or we've got to start saying that you're better off as Scottie Pippen than being Michael Jordan. Because mm-hmm. the Bucks went all in, right? The, the trade for Bogdanovich fell apart, but they still went and got Holiday. They still went and got P.J. Tucker. Obviously, they have Middleton. They've got Brooke Lopez. They have supplied them with more than enough weapons to try yeah. to get over the hump. They were back-to-back number one seeds in the East and didn't even make the finals. This year, they've fallen down to number three, but they're in the mix. They're only two games behind Philly for number one. I don't think they're going to get to number one, but they could get up to number two because they're only a game behind the Nets as well. At some point, we've got to say, look, you have been awarded all of these things, all of this supporting cast. Chris Middleton is an all-star player. Drew Holiday is a borderline all-star player. How much more do you need before you can take us to the finals? Right. And at this point, all he is is really, he wins on athleticism. That's where he wins. He doesn't, he doesn't win on us, on skill or, or execution. He wins on athleticism. A lot, he gets a lot of buckets right at the cup just off being, having those springs or just being quicker off the floor, which you, which I'm not, you know, I'm not taking that away from him, but you gotta, you gotta be more than that. You, you gotta be more than that. And you right. haven't shown me any, you haven't shown me any more than that yet. Until you do, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. And like you said, bringing in Holiday and Holiday really, he's gonna have a lot on him for their success in the playoffs because because of of perimeter scoring. Like outside of Middleton, you might have one other guy that can really give you any consistent perimeter scoring. And they're gonna they're gonna bog down in the playoffs, whoever you face. So you're gonna have to hit open jumpers. And that's not really uh that's not really his strong suit in the playoffs because he's not he's never gonna be open. He's never gonna be open. So so either you're gonna have to take those three steps from the free throw line, you're gonna have to hit that spin move, you're gonna have to get tip ins. But I'm forcing the ball to your hands if I'm the defense in late game situations. And I'm Taking, I'm taking away everything you do well. Absolutely. I, I, I agree with you. Teams are just going to wall up and force him to show that he can either consistently hit a jump shot or he can make something happen. Until he does, uh, I mean, we've got to assume that he just can't get it done. But I yep. think the pressure is on him. Another guy I think the pressure's on, PG-13. The Clippers brought him in. Mm-hmm. The Clippers brought him in to be the complimentary piece to Kawhi Leonard. He struggled last year in the playoffs. He has a history now of struggling in the playoffs, dating back about five years. If he does not play well in these playoffs, I know he just he signed a new contract. He could be trade bait because the Clippers don't want to lose Kawhi this offseason. They're going to do whatever they can to keep Kawhi happy. And if PG don't show up, I think he's on the market. What you think, though? I think a lot of that has to do with I'm, I'm not sure they know who's the man. You gotta, you gotta know who's the man. You know what I'm saying. So, is it, is it, is it Paul or is it Kawhi? With them playing similar roles, 
you, they have to have that. They have to have that understanding in that conversation beforehand. Like this, this is, it should have already been settled. But I feel like when I watch them play, you really don't. It doesn't really. You don't get that feel that this is this guy's team or that guy's team. Now, when they figure out who whose role is whose, even if you make if you make Paul the number one or if you make him the number two, once your role is solidified, then that's when you can take off. But until it, I feel like they kind of go back back and forth game by game. And that's not really one got to be Batman, one got to be Robin. You know what I'm saying? You can't have the Wonder Twins. You you know what I'm saying? One got to be above the other. And that has to be established. And the team has to know that. The team, the way the rest of the team plays and who they lean on is affected by that as well. Until that's figured out, then it's really going to be hard to to navigate that path when you're not, when you're not sure who's grabbing, who, who has to hold of the steering wheel. You know what I'm saying? Now, once those roles are solidified, if, if Paul is in the one or the two, which I really think he should be in the two spot because I'm he's never been the guy that's like you said his playoff struggles he's never been the guy to put a, a, a team on his back I mean those Indiana teams uh, you know they had a little bit of success but he did have help and he was in the East as well until those roles are solidified I think it's going to be kind of tough so I, I would I would say it's a lot of pressure on him I think I feel like it's more pressure on, on Tyron Lou to get that figured out and that needs to be established going into these playoffs. But I do, I mean, I can see what you say is, is pressure on him. I think it's a lot of pressure on that whole situation in um, in uh, L.A., in that Clippers locker room. Yeah, oh, absolutely. There's, there's a lot of pressure there because they mortgage their whole future on these two guys, right? When you give up Shea Gillis and the amount of uh, first-round picks that they gave up, this is it. And yeah. Kawhi only guaranteed you two years. He can opt out this summer which more than likely he will to, to weigh his options. Now, I think he stays out there. Kawhi's a West Coast guy. He chose the Clippers for a reason. But if PG doesn't play well enough, then it opens up the dialogue of saying, you know what, I'm willing to stay, but I think we should start shopping PG for some other players here. Um, Tyron Lue's an interesting candidate for this as well, as you mentioned, because Ty Lue's taking over a situation where he's expected to be better than Doc Rivers was. Doc Rivers right. got him the second round last year, but now it's like, all right, we, we want Ty to do it. I ran across a crazy stat because I thought you might bring up Ty Lue's name. Ty Lue, in the three full seasons he was a head coach, he went to the finals every time. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Now, well, we know... That's we, right, we know that's skewed. Again, Eastern Conference with the best player in the Eastern Conference and the best player in the game. But nonetheless... He's navigated through playoff situations. I mean, he he had a couple game sevens. Obviously, he has a championship under his belt. Um, I think Ty Lue's pretty secure, though, because Ty Lue is, if he were to hit the open market, he is one of the, the hot young candidates for a head coaching job if he were to lose the Clipper job. So I don't I think he's secure. I think it's on PG, though. PG, at some point, has to, has to live up to the hype, like you said. In Indiana, he never really had the pressure on him. Went to OKC, he struggled as the number two guy there. So far, he struggled as the number two guy with the Clippers. At some point, you've got to give us a little bit more than what he's been showing us. We're going to have to wait and see on that. Um, yes. One more player, CP3. Is this his last legitimate shot? Is, is this it for him for, in, in terms of having an opportunity to win a championship? 16 years into the league, yep. 36 years old, MVP candidate, playing some of the best ball of his career. 
Is this his last shot? This is it. Because when you look at his contract, his uh, if he his only other shot would be to go team up with his boy in LA to play play for the Lakers. And his contract, that's that's impossible. I looked, he's making I think he's under contract uh this year, next year. I think that's it. He's he's so he's but under he's yeah, he's under this year, next year. He has a, a player option this offseason. He could opt out. I he think can opt out this though. year? He can opt out this summer, but I think it's tough because he is scheduled to make forty million 40 next year. Million. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if he would I don't know if he would tempt it unless he unless he has been hearing some stuff behind the scenes about an extension at 36 years old to turn down 40 million dollars or, or to gamble with letting go of 40 million dollars is tough. Right. Let's see. Yeah, this is it. Because like you said, are you going to walk away from that money to to go play for Peanuts in L.A. to, to chase a championship? I mean, maybe he got a lot. Of, he got he's made a lot of money. And he's, he's making a lot of money off the court, too. But whew, that's a lot of money to walk away from. I don't care who you are, what you try to do. Now, if you go to L.A., like I said, that's the only shot I feel like he would have if, if he was to join the Lakers. Now, uh, there'd have to be a lot of uh, if if unless you're going to pay play for the vet minimum or something like that, it's going to have to be a lot of restructuring going on. And none of those none of the stars that are in Los Angeles have shown any uh, willing to give up any money to better a, a championship winning situation ever in in either of their careers. So you so that's pretty much out. And with his age. This has got to be it. And I don't, even though they're the one seed, I don't really take, I don't really take Phoenix seriously. Maybe I should, but I, it's just hard for me to take them seriously, partly because, because of him, really. Um, you see, um, I've called him many times in the past CP zero because he's never, he's been in zero finals. Like you see, he's been in the league all these, all these years. He's the quote unquote, a uh, point guard. Which I hate. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that moniker. The point guard has never been to the finals. So I mean, this—he's probably got the best backcourt mate he's ever played with. But is that is that going to be enough in the playoffs in the West? I mean, we we'll see. But I just don't believe. I'm not. A, I'm not a CP3 guy. I'm not a big CP3 fan. First of all, let me let me just say that I'm not a. Since Wake Forest, I haven't been a Chris Chris Paul guy. I and I really can't. It's up because I I played a little bit of ball. You know what I'm saying? I, I never played no D one or nothing like that. But I played on plenty of hard tops. And there's never been a time on the basketball court that I ever, no matter what happened on the court, that I ever looked at my opponent and said. I should probably nut punch this dude. I knew right that now. was coming. I knew that was. I knew that was coming. <laughs> and Chris Paul is a habitual nut puncher. He nut punches habitually all the way back to Wake Forest, and he's done it a couple times in the NBA. Now you something something's off with you in your mind when it don't matter what happened on the court. If he said something to you that you didn't like, or if he he crossed you up, or if he even threw an elbow or something. My move, my move wouldn't be to 
you know what? I need to I need to thrust my fist into this dude's groin right now, and, and then then he'll be sorry. That's that. How does that cross your mind ever? Like I don't know. That that kind of throws me off. So I've never been a Chris Paul guy just based off of that. But CP zero man, you've never been to a finals. You've been in the league for thirty some years. <laughs> it, it feels like you the point guard. Get it so, done this year, or you don't get it done at all. Yeah, so I, you're I, gonna I, you're gonna be chilling with Barkley and Ewing, and and Malone and Stockton. You know, all those guys that never won a championship. I agree. It, it is, it is their last. It is his last shot. Um, I think he's he's been able to succeed at this level far longer than anybody thought, because most undersized guards don't survive this long. So at you know, at 36 years old, a guy who's six foot tall and yet still being this effective, um, he, he's a one of one in that standards. But I don't think they have enough. I, I don't think Phoenix is deep enough. Pause. I just don't think they have enough players on that team. You know, I, I mean, they really go, you know, I mean, aside from their, from their starting five, they got one and two guys they really rely on off their bench. Uh, Dario Saric and Cameron Payne. Neither one of those guys I would feel comfortable with on any title contender. And yet those guys play big minutes on this team. And so I don't think they have much of a ceiling in terms of winning a championship. In terms of Chris going to L.A., it, it would have to be a vet minimum. I mean, L.A. doesn't really have the money. Um, right. AD's new deal, I believe, kicks in next year. LeBron is still being paid top dollar. Yeah. And the Lakers themselves have 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 some issues in terms of depth. Because as we see now, once one of their stars went down, they're not the same team. They're relying on guys who probably shouldn't be playing big minutes, right? Uh, Caruso right. shouldn't be playing a lot of minutes. Caldwell Pope probably shouldn't be playing a lot of minutes. So I don't know if they would even really entertain the idea of bringing CP3 in, knowing that they have other issues they need to address on their team. This is it for them. I agree with that. I think this is it for them. Um, one more guy. Hey, you wanna... know what? As, as we, as we, not to cut you off, as we, as we're sitting here right now talking about that, he's never he's he, even if contracts were moved around and this that and the other, it probably wouldn't even work for him in L.A. because he's a point guard. Now, LeBron, you LeBron don't play with no real point guards. Never. When is he ever? Never. Because he's 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 the point guard, really. So I guess that wouldn't even work. So I have I'm gonna have to scratch that all together because LeBron offense does not let other players play their role. So Chris would essentially turn into a two, which man that, he'd be trash at the two. Really, with his size and his, with the with his age right now, I don't see him getting. I don't see him being a let me catch shoot off of LeBron's penetration when you. Most guards are going to be able to. Most guards that can play any defense can shut you down as a six foot uh, two guard in the NBA. You know what I'm saying? That don't work. Ask Sean Respert. Yeah, and I mean, I just think it, it would go bad all the way around because now you would be relying on three guys who all have. I mean, and Braun to a certain extent doesn't have the injury history, but AD and CP3 have been hurt a lot in their career. So you would be banking on these three guys to stay healthy for a majority of the season to be able to carry you to a championship. CP3 at 37, Braun would be 34, 35. 
37. LeBron, 36. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just don't, I don't think it would work, but we got to see. Um, before we, before we transition to another NBA topic, I want to ask you your thoughts on Doc Rivers. Because to me, Doc Rivers should be on this list. Doc Rivers, the only NBA head coach to ever blow a 3-1 series lead three times. He yeah. has landed with a great situation. I love the Philadelphia roster. But do you feel that he has to have a deep playoff run? Or is it a bust situation if they were to get knocked out in the second round? He needs to get to the conference finals at a minimum, really. Um, with where they are in the standings and the season they've had and the players they've got and the experience he's got. It should be Eastern Conference Finals of Bus. Really, it should be Finals of Bus for them, but um, with Brooklyn and possibly Milwaukee, you even got to worry. I mean, the East, is a, the East is shaping up to be a pretty decent conference this year. When you look at uh, the Knicks, with uh, what Thibodeau's done, uh, when you look at Atlanta, and I told you before the season, Atlanta was a team you, you need to you watch were, out for. Now, you I were didn't. much higher on Atlanta than I was. I'll definitely give you a credit on that. Now, that coaching change had a thousand percent to do with it, which I didn't even anticipate, but I knew they had the, the pieces. And that's even with Rondo um, being shipped out of there. They, they've been playing some ball. But, I mean, if you look at the East, top to bottom, it's it's really it's really not that slouched conference that it used to be. You know what I mean? But but if you dock, you got to get the boys to at least the ECF. Yeah, I, I mean, my issue with Atlanta, just to touch on that point, I didn't know how they were going to make all the pieces fit because I felt like they, they overextended themselves. I like Bogdanovich. I like Gallinari. But Rondo's a guy who wants to play for championships. He ain't trying to groom nobody. And so I didn't understand how that was going to fit. Nate was wonderful there. I'm sure the Pacers wish they still had Nate now because we see what the Pacers look like since he's left. Um, But Atlanta's figured out a way. Nate has made that work. I I think Tibbs is the coach of the year to me for what he's done with the the Knicks. I know I'm a little biased, as you can tell. But, (laughs) you know, I think when, when personally, I didn't even see the Knicks being higher than a 10th seed in the East. And so Mm -hmm. for him to have them in that mix and possibly winning 40 games in a shortened season, he has gotten everything he he could get out of that team that has one all-star. And we didn't even think Julius Randle was an all-star. There's nobody who can show me paperwork where they stated, hey, Julius Randle's going to be an all-star this year. So for Tibbs to Is do that... Is he not the most... He should be the biggest runaway, uh, most improved player uh, winner in NBA history. Oh, absolutely. I think, it's, I think it's clear-cut. Um, him being most improved player... I think Tibbs is in the conversation for coach of the year. You can, again, go different ways. But I think Tibbs is definitely in the conversation. And I think Leon Rose should be in the conversation for executive of the year. Because some of the smaller moves you talked about earlier, how the Wizards getting Gafford might have been one of the most uh, under the radar trades. The Knicks getting Derrick Rose might have been one of the most underrated trades of the season as well. Because Derrick Rose went from a situation where he was completely forgotten about to now he might be the second or third best player on the Knicks team. He, he's and, definitely uh, the best, the best guard. Yeah. yeah, and and being a team leader. So, um, Leon Rose, and not only for the move, but the staff he put together. At one point, Mike Woodson was a part of that staff before he took the Indiana jo- job. Uh, Kenny Payne. All those guys, I think, have done a great job of developing. R- R.J. Barrett, to me, has taken a major step his second year. But I'm sounding like a homer right now because I'm going on and on about the Knicks, man. Um, 
But in terms of Doc Rivers, in terms of I can Doc, hear the enthusiasm in yeah, voice yeah, too. I'm, I'm super excited to see what we do. I, but I got to be honest, I'm hoping we avoid Miami because I really don't want to play Miami in the first round. Uh, but I love to see that rivalry re- renewed. Oh, that's, that's that'd be beautiful. And that's why I don't want to play them because they play just the way we do. They play. <laughs> they play physical. Every every possession yep. is a grind. Um, you and I both in a, a couple episodes ago. Remember, we both had them as our sleeper pick to come out of the East. So. Yep. Oladipo's done for the season, but it, it don't even look like it matters because Jimmy's balling out, Bam is finding his rhythm, and those two yeah. shooters, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, look like they're getting their rhythm going too. So I, I would love to avoid them. But in terms of Doc, as you said, they, it's got to be Eastern Conference Finals or bust. He was brought here to elevate this team. This team was just in the second round of the playoffs two years ago. So going to the second round is not a major accomplishment for them. They are expected to compete with Brooklyn for a title. And if Embiid finishes in the top three voting of MVP, which is what we expect, then there's no excuse that Doc can't get the team at least to an Eastern Conference Finals. Yes. I guess, really, they got to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. And first of all, that would be, I love to see that. Um, Philly and Brooklyn, I love to see them square off. But first of all, they got to get past uh, the Wizards if we end up in that, in that, uh, <laughs> No, I'm just playing. I'm just messing. No, Doc. <laughs> Talk Doc your shit, bro. Them. Talk your yeah, shit. I mean, there you know, go. Man, they got to get it to us first. You know what I'm saying? We ain't, ain't going to be no no uh, pushover. Now, see, that's one thing. They'd be way better coached than we would. That's that's the one advantage every team in the East would have over us is they'd be better coached than 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 what we are. But that's another topic for another day. Well, we're going to get into that topic them- today. That's that's coming okay, up in a, okay. in a segment. You know that's coming up <laughs> okay, in a segment. Yeah, but, yeah. but go ahead, go ahead, oh, continue. Yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right. But yeah, Doc. I mean, I really didn't even think about it like that. But you're right. Philly's Philly's already had some success in the playoffs. He, he's there to get them to the finals. So if he doesn't get it done this year, you better get it done next year. If you don't get it done next year, then you probably be going somewhere else. Absolutely. Now, we talked about players who have some pressure on them, and we even mentioned the coach. There's also been this rumor of Dame wanting out of Portland. Do you think this offseason we'll see stars being moved? Because we see Przingis really hasn't worked out in Dallas. Kemba hasn't really worked out in Boston. Dame has seen very little success in Portland. Do you think this is the offseason where we see stars on the move? I of like the guys you mentioned. I, I I think Lillard would probably be the the most likely because of how many suitors he would have. Um, like those other guys, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who really wants to bring in a Kimball Walker or you know what I mean. Maybe maybe uh, maybe Porzingis, but his injuries kind of. You know what I mean? Kind of put him on the clearance rack a little bit, in my opinion. I'm, I'm not really, I'm not really shopping from the top shelf and pulling off Porzingis right now. But Lillard, I can see it's a lot of teams that would love to have his services, and I'd kind of like to. It wouldn't be good for my situation, but I like to kind of see him um, playing in the garden. I think. With his his uh, personality and the way he carries this, the way he approaches the game is kind of is kind of built for for the garden. 
And that, especially with his off-court endeavors into the hip-hop uh, scene, um, what what better what better city to be for your for your off-court uh, for your off-court interests than than New York? I think he could be a he could be a star in New York like we haven't seen since the likes of maybe Ewing, to be honest with you. Oh yeah. No, I don't want to see him force his way out though, and I'll. I'd rather, I'd rather know if a trade, know if a trade was to present itself, then he needs to be open to it. But I don't want to see him. I don't think, from what he's shown us, he's not going to be that guy anyway that's trying to force a trade because he's so, you know, preaching on this loyalty to Portland. But, but if, if the call is made and the deal is sweet enough, then I think he. I don't know if I don't know if he has a no trade in his contract or anything like that. But he needs to be open to a move for sure, because I don't see I don't see anything improving for Portland for a while. Else. Portland's not Portland's not really a destination, and and as good as he is, you don't hear guys saying I want to go play with Lillard. You know what I mean? So, and you in Portland, who's this, for the star that you are? Your your star should shine a lot brighter than it does being stuck up in Portland. So, yeah. And and like you said, you don't hear guys outwardly saying, hey, I want to go play with Dame because it's not an attractive destination. There aren't players mm-hmm. who want to go to Portland. There aren't a lot of guys who even know where Portland is. So yep. I think Dame deserves a bigger stage. I do think this offseason, the, the conversation will start because I think he looks around at some of the other guys that he may be better than or equal to, and he sees the attention they get. And he may feel like, man, look, if I ever want an opportunity to truly be viewed as one of the greats during my era, I probably got to get into a better situation. You know, as a Knicks fan, I think New York is that spot. But in general, he's got to get into a better situation where he is covered more and he is appreciated more for what he does. He's one of the most clutch, clutch players the game has ever seen. And oh, yeah. he's one of the guys that, again, continually carries that franchise to points that probably no other All-Star really could. I mean... Year in, year out, he's got them in a playoff mix. He's got them winning games in the playoffs. A couple of times he's even gotten them to advance in the playoffs. But he ain't got much help. CJ mm-hmm. McCollum's your second best player. And then there's a major drop-off after that. Dame's got to get out of Portland. In another team, if I'm if I'm in the heat, I'm blowing their phone up all summer trying to get Dame. Because he seems like a... I think he would uh, fit nicely with Spo. And it seems like he has that kind of Riley mindset too. So I think I think that's another. And plus, it's, it's South Beach, baby. So you know, it's a lot of things beautiful down there, other than the weather. You know what I'm saying? It's it's a beautiful beautiful scenery out there. Um, yes. You know, it, it'll be tricky for any team that wants him because he he's going to command several first round picks along with you needing the cap space to be able to absorb him. But that's something we're going to have to keep an eye on. But we got to get to America's favorite segment. You either fucking with it or you're going to tell me get the fuck out of here. Yes, sir. Uh, I don't know if you know, but America voted on this. They said this is their favorite segment right now. This is a favorite step. All this, right. This, this is their so favorite drive. So we're doing it for America. Put the kids away because the, the, the language might get a little vulgar. But yeah. here we go. We got to start right away with your Washington Wizards. Okay. Right now, you guys have clinched your playing uh, spot. Tenth overall mm-hmm. in the East with potential to move up. So therefore, I gotta ask you, 
Scott Brooks deserves one more year as coach of the Wiz. You fucking with it, or you gonna tell me get the fuck out of here? Get the fuck out of here, man. You don't deserve no one more year. Wait, wait, wait. Like, but hit like my you... point. Hit my point. Okay. Russell Westbrook was hurt most of the season. Right? Mm, Danny Avidija. Uh, all right. So so for the first, it was a condensed season. Quarter of the season, Same. Russell Westbrook was hurt. Mm-hmm. Avidija only played about 40 games this year. So your number one pick, your, your, your lottery pick from the past season missed almost half the season. Mm-hmm. Then Thomas Bryant missed the whole season. Thomas Bryant missed the whole season. A lot of moving parts, and yet he got you to a playing game with one of the most, one of the best offenses in the league. He deserves one more season. You fucking with it? You telling me get the fuck out of here? Get the fuck out of here! Now look, this is why. That stretch of games we just we went like uh, was like fifteen and five over twenty last twenty games or something like that. Until this past week, if you look at who we played, the schedule was the schedule guys were in our favor. Like we played Oklahoma City like three times in that stretch. We played the Cavs three times in that stretch. Um, we didn't play. We didn't, we didn't have the best competition. Now you're supposed to beat teams that you're supposed to beat. That's that's one positive. But then if you look at the past week and a half, two weeks. He's shown you why he doesn't deserve to be the head coach. There were multiple games that this team lost. They were within one point, two points, three points. All horrible late game execution and game handling situations. Um, You see a one point loss to Milwaukee. You see a one point loss to this team. You see a loss to this team in overtime. Loss to this team in overtime. Not to mention all games games to the Hawks recently as well. Yeah, the one. Yeah, exactly. When you had leads, and you know what I'm saying, and you give it up in the in late game, uh, late game strategy is not his strong suit. Defense is his strong suit. And if you can't, if I can't rely on you to stop anybody or uh, trust you to draw something up or manage the game at the end of a game to where we can be successful, games that should be won, then you you're not, you're, you haven't really shown me anything to you more than what you've shown me the whole time you've been here. That's been, those, those, those have been your struggles your whole time. And there's been no, no improvement on that. That was, that was the trouble. Back when uh, Bill and Wall were having their run when they lost uh, game seven in the second round to the Celtics. Multiple games in that series. Late game execution was horrible. Now you look at this these games. We, we, In all actuality, every game we lost in the last two weeks were winnable games. We, sh- we should be talking about possibly being a seventh seed right now. But late game situations and close games, they continue to fall short. So is do you deserve to be the head coach? Yeah. I mean, you had some trials and tribulations you had to go through. But with all that aside, when it's time to shine, you don't. So, I mean, it's been fun. It's been a good run. Your, your extension, I mean, your option was, was not picked up. You're, you're in the last year of your deal. So if you... When does when does the coach ever get but get brought back for one more year anyway? 
it would have to be what at least what three and i'll be damned if we give you three years that, that can't happen so should you be back next year no the only reason the only reason i would bring you back is if is, is your relationship with russell that's it that's the only reason no no other re- no basketball reason when i bring you back as a head coach fair enough uh so get the fuck out of here Get the fuck out of here. One one more, because we got into Dame Lillard. Lillard was on actually on the docket for this one, but we, we got in depth on that one already. So we'll leave that one out of the uh, fucking with it or fuck out of here. But we got one more, and it is Wizard related. We know we talked about, I know how you feel about regular season awards, Will. You already told me you're not a big fan of regular season MVP. Right. However, all NBA. Okay. Fucking with it. Or tell him to get the fuck out of here. Bradley Bill should be first team All NBA. Bradley Bill, the amazing shooting guard, the second leading scorer currently in the NBA, coming off back to back thirty plus point seasons. Should you be a first team All NBA? Get the fuck out of here. No, you shouldn't be first team All NBA. I'm sorry, Bradley Bill. No, it's hell no. I, I have a hard time making you second or third team All-NBA, to be honest with you. And here's why. You're not a superstar. I've been saying this all season. You whoa, my whoa, guy. Whoa, 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 whoa. Bradley Bill's not a superstar? No, he's a star. He is a star. Superstars, I can give you, I can trust at the end of the game, give you the ball clear out. I can't do that with Brad. I've never been able to do that. Your whole career, I've never been able to do that. You, Brad, is a, he's a scoring machine. But it's a lot of volume involved in his scoring. It's not, he's not giving you these 30-point games off 17 shots. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's giving them to you off 27, 28. Like, it's a lot, it's volume scoring. And you're the number one option on a bad team. You know, if you look at top to bottom compared to the rest of the NBA, we're a bad team. Then, if I'm going to make you, if I'm going to put you in there, then I got to look at the other guards in the NBA, right? And I got to say, well, I'd rather have you on the team than them. Chris Paul, this year? Nope. I can't say I'd rather have Bradley Bill and Chris Paul. He's got his team number one in the freaking West. And we we just clinched the tenth spot today, and oh, by the way, you weren't there. You weren't there all week. Steph Curry, another guard, absolutely not. We don't even have to elaborate on that. James Harden. Now I know he's been injured, but if they on the court, who you rather have, James Harden or Bradley Bill? Eight days a week. Of course, Harden. But again. All Lillard. NBA teams that are, are, are this year. Now, Lillard, yes. Gat, I was going to say, Dame, you can't forget Dame in this conversation. No, and then, I mean, even guys, it's, Booker's got an argument. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, Luca. <laughs> it's a lot. Dude, I can't. I it's too many guys. I thought you were Smith for a second. I know you big on Ish. Oh, like, I thought you were going to throw Ish <laughs> in there. I was going to say. It's my guy. It's my guy. Listen, I'm, I'm gonna say this. I, I'm gonna say this. I I don't think he should be first team. I I view. I think he's a star. I think he. If, if he's not a superstar, he's he's just beneath that. Unfortunately, the team. 
Bradley Bill's a star. He definitely is a star. And he's I think, star. yeah, I said that. I just say he's not a superstar. I don't think he's far off from being a superstar. I think that obviously the circumstances the last few years, the team hasn't been that good. So that's kind of weighed him down. Bradley Bill, man, I mean, he's one of my favorite guys in the league. And I've I've joked about it. Shout out to the group chat. I've joked about it. Like, I would love for the Knicks to go get him. I don't think there's a realistic possibility for us to get him. But he's he reminds me of young Ray Allen, bro. He's that oh. type of ball player. Young Man, Ray. No. And, and a lot, no, a lot no, of y'all no. out there don't know about young Ray Allen. Come, young Ray Allen? No, no, no. Milwaukee Are Bucks Ray Allen? Man, young Ray was a monster. This dude I, ain't... Look, this is my... I'm telling you, this is my this is my guy. He can't dribble. Okay, that's one, that's one thing I've had a problem with his whole career. He has no pat at all. He has, like, if you watch him, his stance is way too wide when he's he has this little herky jerky between the legs and his shoulder shimmy trying to get by a guy. It usually doesn't work. He ends up on the floor. Even <laughs> he's he's a good player, man. But he can be so much better than what he is. And when he when he is that guy, he'd be a superstar. Right now, he's just a scorer on a bad team. And another guy you got to put in that argument, though, another guy you got to put in the argument for All-NBA is his backcourt mate. Russ. You know what I'm saying? Russ will get some votes. I don't don't think Russ cracks first or second team, but Russ will get some votes for third team. He just averaged some tripped up again. So that's just too many guards for me to put him. Yeah, I don't don't have him on first, second, or third team, to be honest with you. Wow. Maybe third. You Maybe third. Me. You convince me. We'll trade you R.J. Barrett from right now. Then I, I I see you're not you're not high on Bill. So if you want R.J., we'll give you R.J. right now for him. Well, no, I gotta. <laughs> I don't need it. I don't need R.J. because he gonna clog he gonna clog up that forward room that that's already a mess. Uh, if 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 Bill leaves, he gotta you gotta bring me back another two. You gotta bring me back another two guard. RJ could play the two. Uh, listen, it, you're not you're not high yeah, on Bill, so it's fine. We'll we'll swap. Fuck we'll out swap of here, RJ playing the two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let, let's let's transition. Let's get into a little uh, NFL talk. Um, schedule was released this week. Mm-hmm. Right now, we know the football team is is projected to possibly win that division. But what's what's a game you're looking forward to, whether it's a, a football team game or in general? What, what games caught your eye as you saw the schedule come out? I think the same one that probably caught everybody else's eye. That's uh, Bucks Patriots. Man, that's that's going to be what that might be the highest rated regular season football game in the history of the NFL when you think about it. It's never been a situation like this ever where you got a guy that won all those championships leaves wins another one as soon as he leaves and then comes back with that ring on his on his hand to show to show to everybody that he left like look what I did there's we've never seen this before and with the team he's with the team he's going to be coming in there with the first team in the Super Bowl era to return all 22 starters ever. And they got better, you know what I'm saying, through the draft. It's it's going to be a show. Now, you, then when you look at the Patriots side of it, Belichick wants to, he's going to coach 
the hell out of that team trying to get them to get that W that week. And if you look at if Cam Newton's quarterbacking at the time, if you're Cam, you're going to want to show out too. And his, his personality, he got that show out personality. You know what I'm saying? With all them guys they got coming back, with the weapons that they added, the tight ends and all, that's going to be must-see TV. And it should be, you would think it would be a shootout. You know what I mean? But that's the one. If, if you got to circle one game on your calendar that you might have to uh, call off work if you work on Sundays for, it's, it's that one. It's that one. Is it even on a Sunday, though? As I say that, it might be. A, it's probably a Sunday I, night game. I believe it is a Sunday night game. I can double check as we talk about it right now, but I believe it is. Yeah, Sunday night football usually gets the marquee matchups now, like Mondays used to get. So, yeah, I think it probably is a Sunday night game. But that's the one That's the one I circle. Because every week, it don't, with the NFL, it don't matter who, who it is. As long yeah. as the NFL football on, you're going to watch, you know? Week four, that's Sunday the night one I'm circling. Week four, Sunday night. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's the one I want to see. So we we get uh, Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels for that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> I hate that. That's, yeah, I hate that. That's of, the one. That's the one aspect of it. I hate. We get I, a lot I, of I, a lot of Chris Collinsworth. I gotta tell you, Al. I spoke with the guys well, before. The guy. the, I'd be like, Chris, <laughs> shut the hell up. Uh, <laughs> now here's the guy. Yeah, um, yeah. That that's the first one that jumps out to everybody, and I'm interested to see how petty Bill is because Bill knows secrets that we don't. So if Bill comes with a defensive game plan we never seen or different ways to rush a quarterback based off of what he knows uh, Tom is uncomfortable with, that's Bill just saying, uh, "Fuck you." This how we gonna press you because I know you don't like yeah. this. I know you don't yeah. like this. And McDaniel's uh, have a big role in that too. Absolutely, absolutely. So. That, that's definitely the one I'm, I'm paying attention to. Um, late in the season in November, Green Bay and Kansas City play. That'll be a good one to watch if Aaron Rodgers is still in Green Bay because they signing quarterbacks with the anticipation that he might sit out. I believe they just signed Blake Bortles the other day because they, yeah. they think Aaron's yeah. going to sit out. But just in terms of Aaron Rodgers... In, in all fairness, in all fairness, Jordan Love was the only other quarterback on the roster at the time. Correct. Like... Uh, you know what I'm saying? So they they need bodies in there because it was Aaron and him, and so and Ted, and you know let let Aaron tell it. It's only Jordan on that roster right now, so they did. You know they had to bring in some bodies. I'm not gonna say that's that that's gonna because they think Aaron's leaving, but you just don't really want to go in camp for just two quarterbacks. I, no, no, they that, that's the right thing to do. You got to have that insurance now. If Aaron decides to play this year and show up, then. You can cut Blake Bortles. I mean, I'm sure that's a non-guaranteed contract that he signed anyway. Um, it's a camp arm anyway. Like even if even if there was no riff, you gonna you gotta go in camp with more than just two guys. So right. he's a camp arm if anything. Right. But the what I started to do was I was thinking about the conversation we recently had about teams that would be in the market for Aaron Rodgers, and then I looked at the Dolphins. These are the Dolphins' first five games at New England. Home against Buffalo, at Vegas, home against the Colts, at Tampa Bay. If Tua struggles, if Tua struggles, the media circus is going to become, they going all in on Aaron Rodgers. Now, maybe not in season, because we know how tough it is to make an in-season trade. But if Tua struggles early, all the talk after the season is going to be Aaron Rodgers to Miami. That was the one team that stuck out. Aside from the main game we talked about, 
obviously Tampa going to New England. That's the biggest game of the regular season. But I'm keeping an eye on Miami because I think that is a potential landing spot for Aaron Rodgers. Man, and they got the capital to, to trade, right? They still got a bunch. They still have picks for the next couple drafts. Because I they thought have, they they've got two first round picks in in uh, next year's draft. Um, I believe. I believe them in Philadelphia have the most draft capital over the next two years. So they're in the mix and they've got a lot of cap space. They don't have anyone on their offense that's really absorbing a lot of their cap money. Most of that is on the defensive side when they signed uh, Byron Jones and uh, when Xavier Howard got his extension. So pretty much their defense is their defense is all paid for and they got a lot of cap space to go after the offensive pieces they need. Okay. Yeah. They, they were the team that stuck out to me when I looked at their schedule. Not to, I forgot about this game too. Uh, football team and Bucks. That's probably the, the biggest game I'm looking forward to as, as far as my football team. It's football team Bucks um, because of the playoffs, the playoff match, the playoff rematch from uh, last year. I think it'll be a big measuring stick to to football team fans to let you know where you really are. A lot, a lot of people thought we were. Next, because we quote unquote played well against that against the Bucks. But if you go back and look at that game, they took the foot off the gas and still had 500 plus yards of offense. So I really want to see what the additions to the defense would do, uh, the, the weapons we have on offense, and my guy fits at quarterback. I think it'll be a, um, I think it'll be a nice measuring stick for Washington football team fans. Had to throw that in there. No, absolutely, I, and I agree with you because. Uh... That defense is up and coming. Fitz is an upgrade over what you guys had at quarterback last year. Um, and you're right. The, the Tampa Bay Bucks kind of eased up a little bit. They didn't want to show too much because they knew they had to match up with New Orleans coming up the following yeah. week. So they had to yep. kind of coast a little bit without giving away too much of what they were doing offensively. So that's that's another Just game we're going to pay up. attention to. Yeah. Really quickly before we go, because I, I thought about it as we were discussing this topic. Bradley Beal right now is second in scoring. On Sunday, you guys have the one o'clock game, and then Golden State has a three thirty game after you guys. Would you be okay if Brad played on on Sunday to try to win the scoring title, or would you feel like, nah, you know what, punt on that and just get ready for the taunt playing? Man, if he played just to try to get that scoring title, you can have Bradley Beal for for RJ Barrett. <laughs> if he was if he coming out here playing for a, a scoring title and not for health in the playoffs when we were already clinched. So it's really, end of the day, is meaningless. We have our own, uh, we control our own destiny anyway with the play-in situation. Man, you, especially if that thing's tender, don't come out on it. Now, if you're healthy and you're good to go, then go ahead. But hamstrings, James Harden just missed um, 3,000 games this year because of a hamstring. You know what I'm saying? You missed, what, three and you and you good? Going into the playoffs just because of the and plus, I can see if you play after Steph, Steph's gonna know what number he needs to get, no matter what you put up. And that's a fact. He's probably he's probably gonna go get that number. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He, he Steph will pull up from seventy feet. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's not worried about that. Whatever whatever number he needs to hit, he's gonna hit. So rest up, get ready for these playoffs. We we got Charlotte. We can we can go ahead and you know that that game will play out however it's meant to play out. But then we're gonna 
we're going to need you for this plan. So just go ahead and rest up. Fair enough. Will, before we go, any final thoughts? Uh, the, the thing I've been saying for the last couple of times, it's, it's, it's here. It's no more. It's no more. If you let us in the house, man, we, we, we in the house now, baby. We, we in the house. I'm standing in front of your, in front of your stove, butt naked with a, with a, with a bib on, with a, uh, with an apron on. And I'm drinking the last swallow of the Kool-Aid, bro. And I, and I'm not making no more. You only love sugar residue. You only love sugar residue in it. <laughs> yeah, all that's all I left. I ain't I ain't wash out I ain't wash out the pitcher. I ain't put it in the dishwasher. I just I just put it right on the counter, right just so everybody can see it, just to let them know this is my house now. You don't let us you let us in, and now you're gonna have to deal with us. That's all it is to it, man. I don't I mess with the thermostat. I keep it, I like it cool. I keep if it's 68 in this joint, you, you mad. You, you know what I'm saying? You had it on 73. I done moved the thermostat to 68. Your electric bill about to go up crazy. Uh, I done, I done subscribed to some, some streaming services you didn't have before. I, I, I like the <laughs> office, man. I got You got Peacock now. You know what I'm saying? How you like that? Now Peacock's on your bill. You know what I'm saying? I got to get my Michael Scott in. This our house now. You let us in. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hell kicking us out. That's all I got to say, man. Wizards. Hey, we looking forward to it, man. Uh, we're gonna get together again in two weeks. All right, because the, the people, the people, they they demand it. Like I said, fuck fucking with it or fuck out of here. They love it. So we're gonna do it again in two weeks. For Will Gordon, I am Eric Sanchez. This is the opinionated ones, and we out of here.